Hello, and welcome to the Social Echo Podcast. We are your hosts, Simona. Krisha. And Sharina. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Canadian immigration and Canadian citizenship. And so Sharina and I's parents, we were obviously born here, so our parents went through a little bit of a different process than Krisha and our guest speaker, Roshini, say hi. Hi guys, thank you for having me here. No problem. So we're going to be talking about the immigration process and um, my Trina's parents have emigrated like 20, over 20 years ago. So this process is going to be a little bit different. So we're just going to be having a nice chat about what our parents and the families went through through the immigration process. Yeah. So Roshini, um, you used to go to Glen Forest. That's how we know you, right? Yep. Yeah. And so good friends. <laughs> yeah. And I think just last year you turned a citizen, right? Yep, last year during the quarantine. Okay. So um I think we we both came to Canada near the same time. I think I was in grade four, you were around that time? Like in two thousand fourteen? Yeah, I was um, I was a bit earlier than you, 2012, actually. Landed here January 1st, surprisingly. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, around grade three is when I came in. Yeah, so I think our process is going to be a bit similar, whereas I think uh, Simona and Sharina's parents, they came in the 90s. So that definitely was a different government system, and I think a lot of rules have changed since then. So I think we can start with, like, if uh, Simona and Sharina want to say their um, or their parents' experience first, and then we'll go on and we can see how, like, our um, experience was different. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, for my parents, um, I know, I was talking to my mom about this, actually. So, um, just for reference, my parents came in 1995. Uh, so, obviously, that was way before any of us were born. Um, and so, I was talking to her, and so, she came here as an immigrant, obviously, with as I explained in the first episode, I think, um, with, like, a lot of family, my grandfather, uh, my aunts, uh, my my dad, everybody. And um, so they came here as immigrants. And at the time, actually, uh, we, there was no PR process, um, which is interesting. I think Krisha and Roshini are going to go into that a bit more, so I'm not going to um, delve into that right now. I'll let you guys explain it a bit better than because I, I probably couldn't explain it that well. Um that PR process did not exist. They did have to do the citizenship test, um, obviously. And so their experience was um, a lot more different because obviously the, yeah, the government rules, as Krisha mentioned, were really different at the time. So I'm going to just talk about my parents. For reference, my parents came in 1999, so like about five years before I was born. So when I was talking to them, uh, yesterday, I was trying to figure out because it wasn't that clear that like the immigration process would completely change. But they mentioned to me that when they entered Canada prior to entering, they had a PR in hand. So prior to coming to Canada, they had a PR already. So we found out that the program is now called Express Entry, specifically the Federal Skilled Worker Program. And so basically what this program is, is a point system. And it's out of 100 points. 
and depending on your work experience, education, English, um, English abilities, uh, all those things will acquire you points. As of now, when I was researching about it, uh, you need 67 points in order to be eligible to get a permanent a permanent residency or a PR um, prior to entering to Canada. So both of my parents, um, when my parents came, so my dad personally had a, he was working full time back in India. So he had some of those points along with his education and um, his English, English acquisition. And then my mom, she also, she wasn't working full time, but she had a university degree, a master's degree, as well as her other work experience that helped her to acquire the points. And there were two different um, types of Im- where you can like settle in Canada. The first is called like the federal quota. And then the second one is like the provincial quota. So basically the federal quota requires higher points, but you can settle anywhere in Canada. Um, You you aren't, um, you aren't bounded by like a region uh, in Canada for a certain amount of time. But with the provincial, it requires a a lower number of points, but you have to stay in that province or territory's boundaries for a certain amount of time. And so for the PR process, what they did was it takes them like a um, like nine months to do the whole PR process for them. And what they did was they, they didn't actually have to take an exam. I think this is the thing that mainly changed was they didn't have to take an exam where because of the certificates and all the experience that they could show. But now I believe when I was looking on the website, you need to show the experience that you have, which is interesting, but they didn't have to take an exam. The only exam that they had to take was a medical test. And once they got approved for PR, that's when they came to Canada. And I feel like we can talk about citizenship um, after Roshini and Krisha finish saying their stories. Yeah, so Roshini, um, you said you came around grade three, right? So um, how was that process? Did you also come with like a PR in hand or did you apply from here? So actually, my dad used to work for Tata Consultancies back in India, which was a big IT company. And they wanted him to work for the branch in Canada under BMO, which was a different banking, but he works, he still works under the Tata Consultancies employee system. So we actually came with a work permit. So my dad was the only one with that, since my mom or my brother and I wouldn't be eligible for that. And Basically, one, the work permit was only for 10 months since that's how long he was designated to stay here. And he had the option of coming with family or with that. But he chose to bring us along as well. And in the first 10 months, we actually literally covered all what we can, tourists, attractions, and everything. But as the 10 months finished, um, they did want to keep him here. And that's when we applied um, for a longer work permit. And then after a year and a half, and almost around two years, is when my dad decided to apply for a permanent residency. And basically, he went under the Canadian Experience Pass, which I'm not sure if it still exists, because most people um, apply through Access Entry, visa. But back then, he applied through the Canadian Experience Pass, which basically all the requirements were was that you had one year of work experience within the Canadian government system. 
okay. after he applied, um, all he needed was his landing documents and proof of that he's worked for a year. And we got the PR pretty quickly, actually six months or so. And with the PR, we just, you know, stayed in Canada. Um, we bought a couple, we bought a new condo and we started living here. And around three to four years after, because for citizenship, you need 1,095 days to apply. My dad actually waited around 1,500-ish, and that's when we applied around last year. Okay. The process? So, yeah. um, your process, yeah, I'll just stop you there before we get into the citizen, um, um, the, those, yeah. those processes. But um, that's, that's really nice, actually. I also came, well... I also, yeah, came on a work permit because of my dad. So he was working um, with a company called Ericsson. He still works with them. And so, yeah, it was just an opportunity from his company. And he decided to come with, like, um, all of us, with his entire family. And so I think you said that your PR took six months, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty lucky, man. Because my PR, it took us three years because um, wow. yeah it's it's actually uh, considered really long because we tried um with one year and i don't know i think some rule changed like i think we went from like stephen harper to justin trudeau and some rule changed and so like after we did it with we did it within one year which is actually how it's supposed to be um but it didn't work yeah. out like that and so we had to wait another two years um, where we had to do, yeah, that like the Ontario PNP process, which is like when you apply for PR, you need to do all these things. And, mm-hmm. and you know, um, what was really frustrating about the PR is like, it's like a point system, right? So um, right. for us, at least it was like from zero to a zero to 700 or 600, I think. And every single week, they just say everybody over like 650, 670, you're all approved for PR. And then we would always miss by like 10, 20 points. And it was just, it was really frustrating for a little bit. So I think um, what my parents did was that they started collecting all these like um, other certificates and like other documents that would give them points really quickly. So my mom, um, she hadn't really worked a lot um, in the last like 10 years. So she brought all her education papers into Canada and then she um, registered those here. And then like they somehow made sure that their points um, were high enough that they got in. But I think looking at that, I think that was the hardest step for um, like my um, citizenship story. Like I'm still not a citizen. Um I'm turning this month, so that's very exciting for me. But yeah, I think that, that is an part, process, yeah. Yeah, that part I think was the, the hardest. Between us is that your PR system it worked on the point system, while mine for my dad it was just the work experience as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he got it faster, since they only calculated whether you were eligible or not based on like his year of experience working. Yeah. And, like, just because maybe some people don't know, why is a PR important? So, um, Rashida, would you like to? Yeah. Do you know why is a PR important? Bro, no, don't question me like this. <laughs> Here, I can answer it. I can answer it. Yeah. It's okay, Rashida. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really know either. Okay, I think I can answer this question. So, a PR would be... It's... 
residency. So basically, it allows you to stay in Canada regardless of if you have a citizenship or if you are a citizen of Canada or not. Am I saying this correctly, Krisha? Yeah, yeah. So like that's why a PR is important because I mean, if you don't have it and like your work permit or education permit expires, then you sort of are like you have to leave and you need to go back um, to wherever whichever country you have the passport of so in i think in mine and roshini's case we would have been like deported to india this sounds so um like extreme but yeah yeah that's why a pr is important and i think um i think a pr equivalent to the uh for the us would be like a green card so if you see it in that sense like a green card takes people like 10 12 years to get at least a pr doesn't take that long I mean, it makes sense because for us, we have the PR and then we have the citizenship. So it is chopped off into two different blocks, I guess. Compared to them, they only have like their work permit or education permit and then they got to apply for green cards. They don't have like a PR residency like mid-spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and also one more thing is that um, for my case, I don't know if you know this, but um, like when I came to Canada, so like the first year I lived on we lived on rent in a house and then i think after one and a half year we still didn't have our pr but my dad was like okay rather than paying rent we should just probably um apply for a mortgage and buy a house and i think that was one of his like um most riskiest moves most one of his riskiest decisions um to actually apply to buy a house when there was no pr you know and i think I didn't understand that then, but then I think after um, after I was old enough, I sort of understood that, oh, okay, that's why a PR is that if you don't have a PR, like you can get deported. So that's why um, we were all very nervous every time like the PR, the numbers came out and then it was like 10 or 12 points like above um, and we were missing those points. Yeah, no, that would be scary too. Like if I like knew the severity of it at that age, yeah, I would be scared too. Yeah. And I think um, for PR, you also need to do one more thing, which is like flag polling. So I don't know if you remember this. This was probably for you a long time ago. Um, but flag polling is basically where you have to leave the country for like a little bit, I think maybe one or two months. And then you when you come back, you get your PR. Like when you come back to Canadian grounds, you get your PR. And you know, most people, they're very like, fun and enthusiastic about this they go on like vacations and honeymoons and stuff and you know where we went we literally we went to niagara falls okay i thought it was like a normal day trip and then we go on the rainbow bridge and we're in the u.s for like 30 minutes and then we come back <laughs> that was our flag oh, we did the same we did the same we went to buffalo we went shopping for the entire day and then we came back and my dad's like oh well we finished our pr process and i'm like okay then <laughs> so wait you mentioned that it take a like it's for one or two months so i'm assuming and drive to niagara Falls doesn't take one or two months so no, no, no. is it just you exit and enter and that that'll be like good or yeah it's just exit and enter is needed it's just one or two months is the maximum you can leave the country oh okay, so yeah if you go on I a trip heard of that process at all yeah it's it's very it's very underrated for people for people like us we think we're gonna go somewhere exciting and then you just go to the u.s buffalo and then you come back in half an hour 
basically it's to get the stamp that you've been out of the country and you're back in, but it's a different kind of stamp that now that you're a permanent resident. Yeah. Because you don't have to get it on your work permit anymore. Mm-hmm. So it identifies you as like the resident of Canada. Yeah. So, um, That's cool. yeah. So now, Roshini and Krisha. So, Shrina and I were born Canadian citizens because we were born here. So, you guys went, or your families and your parents rather, went through the citizenship process. So, how was it? And I just want to compare because I asked my parents and they didn't, it wasn't, it, I don't think it's very different, but I just want to compare and see what the differences are now. Process. Well, basically, once we got our PR, you needed to set um, have a set number of days before you even apply for your citizenship, which is 1,095. And so they count the days before you start applying for your PR up to 365 days as half days within your 1,095 days. So basically, that year before we applied to our PR, it's counted as half days in the process of the 1,095 days. It's a confusing thing to explain, Yeah, but that's basically it. Yeah, so but normally... Once you have those... Go ahead, Krisha, yeah. Yeah, so normally you would need some kind of... Some number of days. But it's because there were some... There was some time before your PR where you were still living in Canada, right? So they just... They don't want to just, like, ignore that time. So they take, like, the half of that time included in, like, the, the amount you need to wait till your citizenship application, right? Exactly. Yeah. So for my parents, I'm pretty sure they didn't need to wait since they already had the PR in hand. So since they landed, they said, yeah, you need to have it for, you need to be um, in Canada for three years to apply. Now I heard this rule where um, during the, like the time or the 1,095 days, you aren't able to leave the country to go to like India or the U.S. or anywhere during those days. Am I correct? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that wouldn't be fully correct. Basically, you're not allowed to leave for like an exceeded number of days, mm-hmm. which I believe. And then you have to sum it up. Like whatever those missing number of days are, you have to like earn it back. So basically, let's say if you leave the Canada for 30 days, you have to live here for an extra 30 days before you start applying for your Canadian citizenship. You need to cover the amount that you lost in the process of leaving the country. Yeah, I think um, one month, two month trips to India or something. I think those are fine. I think it's just when you go for like a year to India, just in between. Um, I think those big gaps are not allowed. So, Roshini, when you applied for citizenship, um, how like did you? How did you apply for that? Um, did you just have to go online and? somehow prove that you lived in Canada for three years? I mean, basically our stamps on our passports identify that we have lived here for three years or more. But what the actual process was was that my dad actually started it online and a little bit before the quarantine period. So 2019, near the ending, is when we started the process, actually. And once we started applying, it took us quite a long time to actually get back a response, evaluating if we were eligible or not. And once you were eligible, um, all he needed was his PR card and his landing documents to, like, fully apply for citizenship. And then it takes quite a long time for them to get back to you and be like, yes, you're approved for citizenship. And once you are, 
you basically, with India, in my case, you can't have dual citizenship. So we needed to return our Indian passport. But before that, there was the swearing in ceremony where they basically invite a bunch of Canadian immigrants who are going to be Canadian citizenship as citizens. And they have them sing the national anthem and they give them a little speech and they give you a medal and a book plus an oath and a pen. And you're basically swearing in that you are, you know, now a citizen of Canada and you abide by the laws and the government and everything else. I do remember, however, that my parents took a Canadian citizenship test, which was based on the history and, you know, about Canada. And they did study quite a bit for it, but you needed to get a 16 out of 20 to pass. And my dad got a 20 out of 20 and my mom got a 16 out of 20. And I'm pretty sure only... People over the ages of 18 have to do it. Am I right, Krisha? Yeah, people over the age of 18 and younger than 54 have to take the test. I think um, over oh. over 54, you count as senior citizens. So you, or not senior citizens, you count, I don't know, it's a special group where you don't need to give any tests, um, like citizenship tests. Oh, I see. Thank you. And, me yeah, and even younger than I think 15, you don't even need to take the oath. Like for the oath ceremony, where you say, um, like, um, you, you sub, you abide by the queen's rules and like the Canadian rules. I think for you, you had to take the oath, right, in the oath ceremony. Yeah, I did, and my brother didn't really, but they did allow him to do it for fun. But it wasn't like the official; like he had to actually do it. Yeah, it's not mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard this rule, correct me if I'm wrong, so if one of the parents becomes the, the citizens, then the child, children or child automatically becomes the citizen, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I applied, well, my parents applied for citizenship in May of 2019. And mm-hmm. technically, we were supposed to get like our citizenship in february of 2020 and and then like coronavirus happened and then everything was like just shut down for like a really long time and i think now they've started it again and so now my parents are giving the test next week yeah actually so best of luck to them like i they've been like they've been studying and i looked i looked at the book that they give for canadian citizenship and like the history it's pretty detailed it's like from grade four or five history to like grade 10 history like it has everything like war of 1812 and everything oh my god i didn't even look at the history book history and i don't go well together yeah i i was i because i wanted to quiz them i I wanted to be sure like i'm like i i want to be canadian citizens Uh, i want to be a canadian citizen so i'm not i'm gonna just quiz you every couple of days to make sure you're studying (laughs) yeah i hope they do really well and ace the test yeah so i think definitely simona and sharina your parents had like a bit more like a simpler and quicker um process of being canadian right or how long did they have to wait to become a canadian they also had to wait three years like after the pr yeah, yeah when i asked I sorry um i think like around that time i think well, isn't it four years though to take the citizenship test or whatever? I uh, um, me and Roshini had to have three years. Three years or four years, I'm not sure, but yeah, around that time, it wasn't as like, like as hectic of a process as like you know, you and Roshini described for me at least. 
Mm-hmm. What about you, Simona? Your parents had to wait three years too? Yeah, my parents just said that they had to wait three years and then they took the exam and that was pretty much it. Um, they studied and they took the exam. Pretty sure it's still out of 20. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, that still out of 20. Yeah. Should be similar to that. But yeah. Yeah. And also, I've heard like um, one of my family friends, her dad, he came to. Um, he came to Canada without a, without a PR, but I think he he landed in like PEI or something, and I think his PR was like way quicker than I think we had for Ontario. So I think um, I don't know. Maybe it's like nation size definitely matters in terms of Ontario. Even though that like back then it had a smaller population, um, it had a greater population than PEI, so they could process it quicker. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think that they actually go to like the provinces, which process things quicker, and then move to Ontario or like a like a the province that they would like to stay in, right, Krusha? Yeah, I think. But I think me and Roshini, we didn't have our like our parents didn't really have that choice because they came for work, right? So they just sort of had yeah. to be where their work was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents got the federal. So they could, like, immigrate to whatever. If they got the provincial one, then they would have had to stay in the province's uh, boundaries. But they got the federal one, so they could choose to immigrate to Ontario, which I think personally is a great decision on their part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we, for my for my situation, we got both. We got the Ontario one and the federal one. I think that's why it took them so long to like get the PR and stuff, but yeah. So I think that concludes it. So I think we learned a lot. Definitely Roshini, your experience was um, like, it was very recent, right? And I think your answers and um, like just talking to you, we learned a lot. And thank you for um, being so informative and like letting us know of all the details. Yeah, thanks for coming on Roshini. It was very great being here. To come, yeah. It was amazing, you know, recollecting my experiences too and talking about it. Very nostalgic experience. Yeah. That's good. Definitely a really big emotional experience, right? Like, you had to, like, um, give your Indian citizen or the Indian passport away and then, like, taking the oath ceremony and stuff. I've heard, like, that part is the most um, emotional because you're there and you're um, actually doing it. Whereas all the paperwork, you're sort of just like, like you're just like pushing through that. But I think the final, when it actually comes to the oath ceremony, I think, yeah, that's very emotional. Oh, actually, I do have a question for you, for Roshini and Krisha. I, I just thought of this. I hope it's okay to ask this right now. But um, so you guys both were born in India, right? Yeah. So... Do you guys still have your Indian? Sorry, I, I can't speak. Um, do you guys still have your Indian citizenship, or? Well, I do because I'm not a Canadian yet. But um, Roshini, uh, you said it's like dual citizenship is not allowed, right, between India and Canada? Yeah, it's not. So we had to revoke our passports, and there's a whole process where you get like an OCI, which basically states you're like uh, not a citizen of India, but you are another country's citizen now. And with the OCI, we're allowed to travel back and forth from India easier. 
Are you talking get, about like, the overseas citizens, citizen of India passport? Because we have that too, because when we have to travel from India back, right? Yeah, exactly, that one. Yeah. That process took quite a bit of time too, but overall it wasn't like that slow. Like you already know with the Indian embassy, it takes a little bit of more time and it gets a little iffy here and there, but yeah, it was an okay process. Mm-hmm. But, like, you still have to, like, probably apply for a visa, right? When you want to go to India, you can't go just like that anymore. From the information I have, if you have an OCI, uh, you won't have to apply for a visa. One time I, when I was traveling, I didn't have my OCI because it expired. So I had to get a travel visa. But since my parents had theirs, they just went on the OCI. I believe that's correct, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah. And for people who don't know, um, a visa is pro- is like almost like taking permission from a country and asking them if you can come there. And I think um, for for some countries, it's really hard to get the visa. Like if you're applying from India, getting a U.S. visa is um, probably pretty. It takes like around three or four weeks to get a U.S. visa and it could get rejected as well. But I think um, if you have like a Canadian passport, it's a very strong passport. So a lot of countries would either quickly give you the visa or I think with Canada, you have like like 15, 20 countries where you can just land there and then they have to give you visa when you arrive. I think I know the UK is one of them. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, as well as the US, like none of us have to have a visa to in order to enter the u.s i think it's some of the countries in europe as well um such as the uk yeah so like it's definitely like a good gain to get a canadian passport it's probably i think it's a bit more stronger than an indian passport but yeah so yeah i was just wondering because i know like some places you can have like you have like two citizenships at once. Like I'm pretty sure I have a Bangladeshi um, citizenship because even though I wasn't born there, my parents they like they went to Ottawa and like they got wait actually pause. I don't know how legal this was actually what my parents did, but like they basically went to Ottawa and like they got me a Bangladeshi citizenship. But I don't I don't know if it's one hundred percent legal, but like we did it. Okay, it wasn't paused. It's on there. I will take it out later. Oh, take that out. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Because what if that's, like, literally, like, illegal? Like, okay, maybe okay. I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, it has to be kind of legal. No, no, it's le- no, no, it's legal. Because I'm checking dualcitizen.com. And Bangladesh permits, permits dual citizenship under limited circumstances. Citizens of USA, UK, Australia, Canada and Europe of Bangladeshi origin may apply for the dual nationals nationality certificate. Yeah, yeah, my parents, they got me it just because, I don't know why, because I don't have any plans of ever living in Bangladesh, like literally at any point in my lifetime. Internet issues. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I missed you guys, so this was a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah, this is really fun. Thanks for coming.
Bye. And thank you all for listening to The Social Echo. We hope you have a great day. Thank you. Bye, Roshini.